The scripture today is Mark chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. Jesus left there and came to the districts of Judea and the other side of the Jordan. Once more, the crowds gathered around, and as usual, Jesus began to teach to them. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and, as a test, asked, Is it permissible for husbands to divorce wives? In reply, Jesus asked, What command did Moses give? They answered, Moses permitted a husband to write a decree of divorce and to put her away. But Jesus told them, Moses wrote the commandment because of your hardness of heart. From beginning of creation, God made them male and female. This is why one person leaves home and cleaves to another, and the two become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one flesh. What God has united, therefore, let no one divide. Back in the house again, the disciples questioned Jesus once more about this. He told them, if a man divorces his wife and marries another, he commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing their children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples scolded them for this. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. It is to just such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. The truth is, whoever doesn't welcome the kingdom of God as little child won't enter it. And Jesus took the children in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. So our text today, we meet Jesus once again in a conversation with the Pharisees where they are trying to trip him up on something. The Pharisees are dragging Jesus into some controversy where they know that there's really no good answer. Whatever answer he gives is going to up... It might, some people might like it, but it'll upset half the other crowd. It's kind of like talking about politics in the world we live in, in today. And the topic of the day happens to be divorce. See, at that time, it, it, divorce was as big a controversy then as it is now uh, quite often and the question of the day is uh, can a can a man just divorce his wife for any reason some of the people thought like Moses said you can just you can write your wife a writ of divorce hand it to her pack her bags kick her out or keep her stuff and kick her out other people thought no 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 you can't just div- you got to have a you know, there needs to be justification for ending the covenant of marriage, uh, like adultery or something like that. So this was the big controversy. I'll tell you what both sides agreed on is that it is a man who starts the who who can follow through with the divorce proceedings. Women don't have that option in the Jewish tradition in first century Palestine, where Jesus was. And Jesus, as he always does, he kind of turns that conversation around. Instead of talking, he doesn't really want to talk about divorce, but he starts talking about why be married in the first place, which is probably a a fair question, (laughs) ultimately. But what Jesus says, uh, he says, you know, you know the story, and they quote uh, Moses back to him, but he says, you know, those laws are just given because you folks are hard of heart. But in truth, we were designed to be in relationship. God meant for us to be together. And when two people come together in the covenant of marriage, they become one flesh. That's why we get married. 
And then when pressed about it by his disciples, they go inside and they're talking. Jesus gives them a radical answer uh, that, you know, when you divorce and you remarry, uh, the man is, and he remarries, he's committing adultery. And when a woman divorces and she remarries, she is committing adultery. He does this strange thing of including women in that, equalizing the issue. And yet he has this radical understanding of that. If you do go through with what Moses has said, uh, you're, you are committing adultery by doing that. This is, uh, some scholars have thought that one of the reasons Jesus is so adamant about uh, prohibitions on divorce at this time really has to do with the justice that's not afforded to women in the culture that Jesus lived in. If a woman, uh, you know, as, as I pointed out earlier, men could just write a piece of paper and kick their wife out in case they wanted to trade her in for a younger model or something like that. Uh, and just send her on her way. And the the problem is that women at that time had no resource. They weren't allowed to own land. They really couldn't work. And so unless a woman was attached to some man, either a father, a husband, or a son, they were left to their own devices and often had to turn to begging or worse, prostitution or something like that. And so many scholars feel that Jesus is putting this radical prohibition on divorce in order to protect the women and make sure that they're not left on their own and uh, thrown out and treated as as, uh, cattle or something like that. But Jesus does this thing. He is always, when faced with these controversies, he's always turning it around to a very radical way of thinking about it. And it's almost as if, it's almost as if Jesus is trying to make it almost impossible to follow the rules. And I think in truth, as I look at this passage, see we've done in the lectionary, that's the the guide of which scriptures to preach on. In the lectionary, they have put together this story about divorce and the little children coming to Jesus. And I think if we saw them in the, if we were reading the story in the Bible, it would look like these are two completely separate texts, completely separate incidences that really don't have any relation to the other. But actually, I love what they've done in the lectionary because I think Jesus wants to talk about the stuff at the end of the passage and couldn't care less about the conversation He's having with the Pharisees and the disciples about divorce. You see, over and over and over again, people come to Jesus desiring to justify themselves to Jesus. Remember the story about the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, well, you know what to do. Follow the commandments. Love the Lord your God. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't you know, honor your father and your mother. And the guy says, I've done that. You know, what he really wanted was for Jesus to say, oh, well, good. You're good to go. Go ahead. Go, you know, go on about your business and you're good. 
Uh, go ahead and keep exploiting the poor in order to get rich. Go ahead and keep subjugating those who, are, who you feel are beneath you. Go ahead and keep ignoring all the injustice that is around you. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did not let him justify himself and use an endorsement, you know, at the bottom of his personal brochure, endorsed by Jesus, I think is what he was looking for. Jesus wasn't going to play that game. He says, oh, oh, wait a minute, you lack one more thing. Sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and come follow me. You can be my 13th disciple. And he says, no. In fact, the Bible says, he went away very sad because he was very rich. <laughs> Which I think is kind of funny. People come to him all the time when they ask him about sin, and Jesus radicalizes the prohibition on it. They say, they say well, you know, what should I do about this sin or this sin? Jesus says, look, if your eye causes you to sin, just gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to do that than burn in hell. And then he leaves. <laughs> and when asked about you know, adultery, he says, yeah, adultery is bad, but you know what? When you start looking around, that's just as bad. When you have lust in your heart, that's just as bad. And I can see the disciples now going, oh, you mean when I have lust in my heart, I'm in adultery? <laughs> How am I supposed to do that? Am I gonna... Then he goes back to the blinding yourself idea, right? <laughs> Jesus, when people come to him, because people come to him wanting to justify their behavior, or their attitudes. Tell me where the line is. Tell me what the rules are so that I can do just the minimum to get by. Tell me what the check boxes are so that I can just check them off and then I'll know that I'm done and I can just sit back and enjoy things. Jesus is never going to let us off that easy. And so I think He takes these rules and He makes them so crazy no one can really hope to accomplish them, unless you sit and obsess about them all the time, which is exactly what people do. But instead, Jesus wants to have a different conversation. I think He was so bored with these conversations. I think He walks away disappointed going, you are, you are so little in your thinking. You are so narrow in your scope. You lack such imagination and such vision to worry about whether you're in the right box or not. Then he sees some children playing who want to come and play with him. And he says, thank God. Here comes some, someone I can relate to. <laughs> someone I can connect with. And of course, the adults, the mature people in the room, they want to they want to stop him. And I don't think this was really what Jesus wanted everyone, the Pharisees and the disciples, to understand. No, let these children come because you know what? Children have the right attitude. Children understand the vastness and the wonder and the hope and the opportunity and the possibilities of the kingdom of God. And you all are missing it, he's saying to the disciples and the Pharisees. And you know what? And even when the children came and were getting blessed, and he said, the kingdom of God belongs to these, you know they were all standing around going, what? What is he talking about? I think they still missed it. But Jesus, 
I'm sure Jesus in his mind is thinking, I don't have time for this, these arguments about what a luxury to argue about the rules. People are hurting. The world is crumbling. For some people, their world is crumbling apart. It's like it's coming all down around them. There are so many lost and lonely and empty souls out there longing and looking, begging. We need imagination. We need hope. The kind of hope that children have. We need to be able to sing even when we don't think we can sing. We need to be able to dance even when we don't think we can dance. We need to be able to tell a story about a purple skunk off the top of our heads like little children do. What happens to us? What happens to us when we get so concerned about the boundaries and we start to color inside the lines? Jesus says the kingdom of God found when we color outside the lines the invitation for us today the invitation jesus extends to us today is to become childlike in our faith childlike in our wonder to not get hung up on the on the small things and the fine print but to take a big picture view that allows us to see a God-sized hope for this world and the world to come. To be able to see and imagine a world the way it would be if God were king and the politicians of our world were not king and the tyrants of our world were not king and the corporations of our world were not king and all the people who oppress and box us in were not king. We're invited to childlike wonder. Let us pray. Great and loving God, we come to You as children. Help us to not grow so mature that we forget how to dance, that we forget how to sing, that we forget how to hope, that we forget how to come to You with open minds and open hearts willing to receive the vastness of Your kingdom. Give us that kind of faith. We ask all this in the precious and powerful name of Christ.